Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, we have a very special Phantoms episode. Is am I screaming right now? Yeah, Everyone's. I mean, no louder than usual. Yeah, it's yeah, about, it's like about normal for you. Every everyone's reacting as if their headphones are about to. Well, kill I turned them. mine down before okay. we started, so we're good. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk a little Phantoms down. tonight. We, we're gonna talk some Phantoms. We have a very special guest. You're here. loud. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it. Let's lead it off since you've already heard her say yay. <laughs> Sorry. Rocking the Mitchell Marner. It me. It's Kelly Hinkle. So this afternoon, I was on that Philadelphia Sports Talk podcast with Jeff and Len, if you guys know. Yeah, They're yeah, good yeah. Guys. They're good. Um, and we had a chat about, we had a lot of chat about what the Flyers are going to do this summer. And I talked about a lot of stuff. And then when I was done, I sat back in my office chair, because, of course, I did this at work. And I thought to myself, you know, if they don't do anything, would I really be mad? And I don't know if I would. I might be all right with them doing nothing. I will be more okay with them doing nothing than with them doing something I, like, Hate, yeah. Not even hate, just like something minor that doesn't address like, oh yeah, we went and uh, we went and got Dale Weiss's little brother, yeah, Ralph Weiss. Right. <laughs> that's my yeah, that's my fear. Uh, we like, need a three C. Who's the worst three C in the league? We're gonna sign that guy. Yeah, no, I, I would rather them do nothing, and because that would imply, hey. We're gonna bring up some Bill from some, within, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna bring up even more of the youngsters than you thought. So I guess I would be cool with that. I need them to do something this off season. And I don't know what that looks like until it happens. That's fair. I, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. Like I already know that their, their plan or at least publicly is to bring back all of the coaching staff. And I think that's an abomination. That's bad. Um, so if they, if, if the last, if the least that they did was to get rid of Lappy, that would be good for me. But we already know they're not, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, kind of say? seems highly unlikely. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they won't. True. Well, hey, if for the last 20, 24 games, their 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 penalty kill was at almost 80%. So, uh, hey. It went up stride. by, what, 0.1%? Yeah, yeah. It increased. Yeah. So and the guy who better. made it better isn't coming back. So <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. I guess I'll, I'll continue on the uh, the topic of acquisitions. So the more I was diving into this over the last week or so, 
assuming that the Travis Sanheim is okay for next year, and honestly, even if he's not, even if he's not okay, I'm not really super into the idea of adding another defenseman. I know it's been talked about, this idea, and, and I in my article last week, I basically said that you could argue the Flyers really don't have a second pair. That was a problem, but unless you're adding like a Dougie Hamilton, like a real true impact talent, which they won't. They're, they're, they're not going to trade for Dougie Hamilton. They're not going to sign John Carlson. I just don't see either one of those moves happening. Sanheim needs a bigger role next year. Mm. And I want him to get that role. I don't want him to get pushed down because they signed some vet. And if he can't play, if this this likely knee injury is really serious or whatever, which we still don't know for sure, um, then just bring up Myers and Moran. Moran's going to yes, make the team almost, almost certainly. Myers should be the guy. Like If Sanheim has to miss time, that, that that should not result in them going out and like bringing back Brandon Manning. No, just promote Phil Myers and, they can't possibly and, and, and start the Phil Myers era because I want these kids to fill in the gaps because I think my thing with the defense is I think they're going to fix the problem with the defense just naturally as guys like Sanheim and Myers move into bigger roles. Like I think the defense will be fixed. I don't think they necessarily need to bring in someone from the outside. And I feel like if they did, it might almost slow down the process of getting it's, those guys to fix the problem internally. I think you referenced it in your article. Um, you know, they don't have a guy who can just shoot and score the puck. Like maybe Wade Allison, but we'll see if he yeah. ever even plays in the NHL. Uh, but the defense, we have these guys. What their ceiling is, we'll see. But these things could just fix themselves. The other holes, they don't have. They don't have anything to fill it. Well, yeah. this is this has been the problem for the past two years, where they've had the pieces, but they've brought in old stop gaps, old and bad stop gaps. So it would be really, really great if they stopped doing that shit this year. Yeah, that was kind of my thought process. Like, them doing nothing means they have to fill from within. As long as that nothing includes not bringing back Philpola. Correct. But if they do bring back Brandon Manning, it has to be for two million or more dollars so that I win 20 <laughs> from Steph. Speaking of <laughs> Steph, speaking of Steph, her at is Stephalicious D. How are you tonight, Steph? I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, Travis Sanheim, our, our Travi, has passed. Yeah, when you said right. that, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Travis from the site leaving, but it was actually, I didn't realize Sanheim. No one cares me. about that anymore. Do you read the website? I did today. <laughs> Travis Sanheim has an injury. Who is this kind of time? He has a boo-boo. Um, we, have, we have a girl on the ground who has said that he seems to be okay. Um, and she's sitting next to me, but I'll wait till Bill introduces her. Um, this sucks like a lot, but only for what it could have been. And it looks like it's probably not an ACL. If it's the MCL, they should really play him and he'll probably like be the best player. In the well, so here's the thing. I don't give a shit. I about... think MCLs might hold you back. I, That's I my care, new take. I care a lot about the Phantoms but I don't give a shit about Travis Sandheim playing for the Phantoms this offseason. Oh, like, God, that no. is not a thing I care about. I care about what happens going into next season. And his speed is something that we cannot fuck with. So if this knee injury is going to impact his speed, like, give him as much time off as he needs. Like, I don't want him... If they play him at all again for this offseason if they advance past this round and Travis Sanheim is playing I'm I'm going up to Allentown to talk to Ron. I mean what like, if it's a bone, enough is enough what if it's a bone bruise I don't care don't well, play he's him fine don't play him and our special phantoms correspondent from broadstreethockey.com Maddie Campbell 
Hello there. Hi. Um, yeah, I want to confirm Travis Sandheim's been walking around the press box area at the but PPL somehow, Center. Not crutching. I just saw walking. no just crutches. Moving. It appeared as if he didn't have a knee brace on. It was a nice fitted suit, I assume. Yeah. Okay. All if right. it was anything, it was a little brace. Not right. a big immobilizer. That's fine. He's I, doing all right. I have decided that I think MCLs actually hold back hockey players. That's, <laughs> mm. I think maybe you just don't need it. No, I mean, you would think that if he <laughs> if he had to undergo some type of surgery, he wouldn't be up in the press box walking around. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I would imagine. Or, well, or would be, like, limited in some way. Like, there's no crutches. He's just, like, you know, moving. Yeah, he was, uh, he was around press boxing, walking around the locker room. Good. Hanging out. All those drunk sports writers bumping into him. <laughs> I know what you people are like, Charlie. All right, I have uh, I have decided I want the Flyers to trade for uh, for Corey Crawford, fam. Uh, he's mm. got two years left on his deal, at a $6 million cap hit, and he's got great career numbers uh, and a ton of playoff experience, something I think that could help this team. Goaltending has let this this team down in the in the postseason two years in a row, or two playoff runs in a row over three years. Uh, the Blackhawks need to cut salary and get younger. We can help them do that by taking one of their good players and having that really, really good stopgap to get us to Carter Hart. Wouldn't block Carter Hart at all uh he's gonna spend at least one year in the ahl i'm gonna guess more than one and if not he's gonna split time with Corey crawford in that second year i just think it's a good trade for everybody i know we were talking about uh potentially holtby if uh washington goes on to blow this thing and then uh you know maybe they're looking to blow it up make some changes go with grubauer or something they could go that route i just think this is a good uh it seems like a good fit to me. A team like the Blackhawks, whose window perhaps is slammed shut. They need to get younger, shed some salary. Flyers have money. Flyers have a needed goaltender. If you're able to take on that full salary, maybe move a guy like Neuvert, everybody wins. So here's the thing. There's I actually have like three things. Um, one, fuck the Blackhawks. I'm not helping them out of their cap hell at all if I can avoid it. Uh, Corey Crawford may not play next season. He'll uh, be fine. Mm, that's not what I'm hearing. Uh, so, no, I don't want another injury risk goalie who is not going to be able to play a full season. We already have one of those. Actually, we've got three of those. Um, the next is everybody is so eager to upgrade at goal, at, 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 at in the net. Everybody is so eager to do so, and that's not the biggest weakness in the team there are there are much bigger problems to fix this offseason than what's happening in net there are this is just an easy fix to me you can go out and get a guy who's there another team who doesn't need him has him let's go get him so i, I want to jump in here for a second because like i appreciate the 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 thought experiments that go into hey let's trade for Corey crawford hey let's trade for Braden holby and and it's fun it's the offseason it's all good what I will say is this, like, to get a trade done, you need another team to want to make a trade, and what I what I worry is that because we're coming up with all these, like, kind of off-the-wall ideas, like, hey, why don't we trade for this guy? Hey, why don't we trade for this guy? Hey, why don't we trade for this guy? Without actually knowing if it's even remotely plausible that it could happen outside of our own heads, that when these trades don't happen, we're going to get angry at Hextall and the Flyers for not making these <laughs> trades that were never possible in the first place. 
I mean, he needs to upgrade the team in some way. Okay. Just, this is one of them. I'm just saying. This is an idea. I'm just saying. We like, don't know what re- anything's re- possible. Remember that these are just <laughs> ideas. Like, we don't you can't know. Get, you, you can't get angry for we, him not executing on an idea that may not have ever been plausible gonna, at all. Uh, well, actually, I can get mad yeah. for any number <laughs> of for reasons. For any single thing. If he doesn't improve the team at all, I'm going to be upset with no matter what he does because he didn't improve the team. That clearly needs improving. It's an idea. Their goalies have sucked for the last, I don't know, decade. Let's go get a guy. He's available because the Blackhawks aren't any good. They finished in last place. They probably don't need their 33-year-old goalie who's real damn good. All right, guys. So I want to talk about the Phantoms because they're actually winning. It's hockey. And as Steph alluded to, we have our uh, our woman on the ground. So Maddie is not just the Phantoms correspondent for the record. Like Maddie is who we've had in the press box for the yes. Flyers all season. She's just, you know, the, her summer is now covering the Phantoms. So just for the record, we ha- this Maddie is our our professional journalist. Whenever the uh, the Phantoms are done, you're going to send me to some other hockey league where playoffs are happening and are, I'm going to live in their press box. You think you think that we will? Migrating. We will. Because the seasons are different. <laughs> Do they play hockey in like August in uh in Australia, Steph? Um <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Um I know they're playing now. What about Bolivia? They're playing now. Everybody's playing now. Everyone's playing right. now because it's Worlds. Ah, uh, okay. That's true. All right. So, while our Flyers are golfing, Maddie is covering the uh is covering the Phantoms. They won their best of five first round series over the Providence Bruins in four games, and now they meet the Charlotte Checkers, one of the great names in all of sports. The Charlotte Checkers. Charlotte? Charlotte? What am I saying? Charlotte. Charlotte? Charlotte. You're, you're saying this like Charlie. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Char- did I say Charlotte? Yes. <laughs> Two times. Billy, Two your, times. your pronunciations never cease <laughs> to amaze times. me. This is why I can't read while trying to come up with jokes. The, you're fine. Yeah, the Charlotte. <laughs> Even even Taylor's laughing. The, the Charlotte Checkers. Because of the Checkers, it's like the... I know, I know what anyway, happened. Uh, they're Carolina's affiliate. They're in the Atlantic Division Finals. The uh, Phantoms took game one. They have now split their first two home games, heading back to Charlotte now. Uh, just uh, for impressions of what you've seen in the playoffs, is anyone impressing us? Give us the full rundown, Maddie. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Well, let me tell you about how not good the penalty kill was on Saturday. Hmm. Almost like there are no such thing as penalty kill specialists except for Samuel Moran. I saw they lost 6 nothing. I, I can't imagine Shit. the game went very well. It was four power play goals for ah. Charlotte. Woo! Outstanding. So, Yikes. I mean, they weren't horrible at five on five, but, you know, you give up four power play goals and it's not going to be a great no, time. It gets a little rough. Yeah. It gets a little rough. Um, tell me about Phil Myers been good um it's su- i mean travis sanheim being out for yeah. sucks for a lot of reasons but they've been so good together yeah yeah it has seemed like a pair that i've wanted to see get extended time together yeah uh the fact that one of them you know they've both dealt with different things all year sanheim's in the nhl he's down in the ahl myers is in and out with injuries it's just something we haven't been able to really fully grasp and then okay they're gonna go on a playoff run together now Sanheim's out with the knee injury well they were exclusively paired together when Sanheim was down in the AHL yeah like, that was the pairing that just ran train on everyone <laughs> um and basically like Myers had a weird year in a sense because he started out really good then he got hurt tried to play through the injury 
basically re-aggravated, was out for a while. Then he came back and just looked kind of eh. You know, he was okay. Then they put him with Sanheim, and then the pair just started just started wrecking fools. And then after Sanheim got called back up, Myers kept playing that well, even without Sanheim. So that almost like maybe he just needed a dose of confidence, like play mm-hmm. with a really good player. And then once, you know, yeah, yeah let, 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 let him basically put some training wheels on. And then they took the training wheels off when Sanheim left and Myers kept killing it. Then Myers got banged up again at the end of the year. But this pairing, it, it had worked before. So it doesn't surprise me that it, it was working well until this recent injury to Sanheim. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, the team stats just heading through their what now four or five six playoff games that they've played. Is anyone really standing out like to the point of maybe elevating their standing in the uh, in the organization? Like is anyone just having an absolutely phenomenal playoff that we didn't see coming? I don't know. Um, I think exactly who we expected to be very good is being very good, like Lindblom. Sanheim until he was done. Um, until he died. Until he died, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Martel's been good, but... That just brought he, Kelly back to life. Yeah. Donique Martel, this is a guy we saw have huge goal-scoring numbers, especially in the first half of, uh, of his AHL campaign this year. Trailed off a little, but it looks like he's scoring again in the playoffs. Does anyone like think he, he could be on the NHL roster next season? I get irrationally annoyed about guys like Martel who don't get a fair shake because mm-hmm. they're small. Like that's I feel not, like we should be reason. Like, like we should be past that. Considering, you know, the shirt you're wearing. Like yeah, can't Mi- we Mitchell can't... is a small boy. He's not small. <laughs> he's skinny. Yeah, but he's tall. He's yeah. not Who small. Who cares how tall? I have no idea why we think height is something. Like, okay. Yeah, if I don't know why. If you're a defenseman with great reach like Sedeno Chara, all That's right. Cool, yeah. You can't get around him. But, like, just because someone looks like is seven foot tall wouldn't make them good at anything. I like, mean, Sean Bradley would be very, very bad at hockey, but he's seven foot. Like, it doesn't, I can't you imagine th- height. Yeah, you would think that being like a small, little, compact, speedy guy would be a good thing because you can just win around slower bigger players and make moves but for some reason there's like an arbitrary cutoff at like 510 it doesn't and it's seem, like nope it doesn't seem to be holding back Johnny Goudreau that's the only argument I have to make and I realize he's got like next next world yeah, that's the thing you have to be that in good. hands yeah but like these guys who've made it to this level they must be that good because their whole lives they've been being told they're too small yeah, I, th- my thing with Martell is like Martell is really small. I think he's like five eight, which is beyond Danny you know, Briere Mitch, was five Mitch Marner, Travis Konechny level small. Like he's a tiny dude, and he's never really aside from that run in the beginning. He's never really truly lit up the AHL. Like if he had a season where he scored seventy points in the AHL, I'd be more excited about Martell you know, banging his way onto the NHL roster. But he's he's had stretches where he's been really good. He's never had that over a full, you know, seven, what did they play, 76 games, I think, something like that. Like, he's never had a full year of, of pure scoring dominance. And, like, it sucks. It sucks for Martel because I honestly believe he played pretty well when he was up here for his brief stint. He, like, hit a couple posts. He yeah, created he, a lot of scoring. If he finishes a couple of those shots, maybe he doesn't, he doesn't go, go down. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is he hits a couple posts. If those are a quarter of an inch, I know this is like Mighty Ducks, quarter yeah. of an inch the other way. <laughs> you miss the net entirely. But like Never quarter, thought of it that way. Yeah, a quarter of an inch. Like, he never goes back. But because he hits the post, I, I don't know. Like, I just want to, for a team that needs secondary scoring so bad, I'm not 
not looking to add an 80-point guy. Like, I just want the third line to be able to score a little, and it seems like having a guy with his speed and skill would help in that regard. I mean, maybe, but if you look at it this way, like, Jordan Wheel dramatically outscored Danik Martell in their respective AHL careers, and Jordan Wheel's scoring hasn't even fully translated. So, mm. I don't know. Like, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been opposed to giving him a longer look when he was up, but they they used him. I believe I remember correctly. It was like right at the end of the ten yeah. game losing streak, and yeah. they were literally just like, "Well, we'll just see if this works." The guy's just shooting like shit at the, the wall. The guy's shooting like twenty five percent in the AHL. Maybe he'll carry that over and get us a goddamn win. Yeah, that I I realize the limitations of him, and honestly, one of the things that excited me about your article, Charlie, is the fourth line, the potential fourth line of Lawton centering Wheel and Raffle. Like you know, that would work. Like that would really work as a fourth line, and it I look at Martell. Better. I look at Martell in the same way. Just yeah, if we could just inject that and use it for twelve minutes as like an energy guy who can score, it would probably work. I like scoring goals. <laughs> it helps you win games. Uh, it sure does. It doesn't hurt. I will take them from any source at any time. It'd be cool if Martell worked out here, um, but I'm also okay if he doesn't i don't know i'm i really need like some big beefy boys i that's what i, I mean that, th- i'm sorry that's and, what i need on my team and to be honest there are they're a like pretty small team 47 guys on the phantoms i would call up before martell <laughs> can we talk about the one that i would not call up before martell oh, do tell stephanie Your that hatred would... for mike vecchioni oh well no that isn't who i was gonna say <laughs> but also mike vecchioni <laughs> no i'm gonna say uh abe kubel who, I don't know, man. He's so freaking good. Yeah, but he also like is a really shitty human being. I know, but Why? sorry, that can he be... just got suspended for the third time this season. And he can. Be I don't want trained. that on my team. I he can do. be trained out of that. Yeah, we said that about Ronaldo. We said that about Gudis. He's, he's not like Ronaldo. Ronaldo. I, I'm not convinced. Three times he's been suspended this season. I want players who play on the line, and he clearly does. I think no, it's no, good. no. He plays over the line. He's been suspended three times right. this season, how not three ga- times over his career. Three times. How this many games season. did he play? That's I three don't hits. Have that in front of That's me. That's three hits. So here's the thing. All right, like, he crosses the line every now and then. You need to in hockey. No, it's that absolutely. Kind of sport. That's that's the most ludicrous argument I've no, ever heard. No, but here's the really because every GM makes that argument. Well, he's, then they're idiots he's too. Really, Look at what Vegas is doing really good. Is he though? Is he really Charlie, really good? His, is he his really numbers, good? So he, I don't believe he's been used much on the power play or at least in the top unit. But at five on five, his numbers have been really good. So here's the thing. You can be a little bit dirty, so hold like on. Brad Marchand, if you're that good. We're talking how, how good? How good do you think he is? Because I think he's probably. I'm gonna say like a a second line, third line guy. He's got 46 points in 72 games. I, I think he's a middle sixer. He had 18. Yeah. He had 18 points last year in 71 games. Yeah, well, we la- well, last need year he was good, really bad. We need good middle six players. He's not one of them, and he's not one. And if he's only going to be reliable for two-thirds of the season because he's suspended for the rest of it, I don't want it. I believe that you can get that out of a guy's game. 46 points in 72 games at the AHL level translates to roughly what in the NHL? Without Uh, playing on the top power play unit, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think think the NHL equivalency would be about, like, 25-ish points. But again, out of a third But again, yeah. You know, he's not getting the top power play minutes to juice up his, his numbers. So, because they have guys like Phil Verone who they use there. Um, I'm still not convinced he's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced he's a real person. Yeah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was like Phil, Phil Verone. And I'm like, who the hell is 
MVP. MVP? Who? Like who? What? What? Yeah. Who is who who is who is Phil Verone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maddie. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, I can't picture his face. Yeah, me neither. He's mind. a computer generated man. He just he's, doesn't exist. Yeah. Talk into the microphone. I am though. <laughs> I could hear. I, I, the way I look at it with Albe Cabell is like I'm. I I'm excited about his game. I hope that the dirtiness doesn't carry over. If it does, it's something you have to address. But I don't know. It, may, maybe this is just me that I really don't care. What I don't really care all that much about dirty plays in the AHL. Like to me, it one does, you're to, told to do. To, to me, it doesn't start mattering to me until it happens in the NHL. You're told to play with more of an edge in the AHL because it's how they sell tickets. It's still a we want fights league. You just do it more in minor league hockey. It's what happens down there. Two, he's definitely being told play physically. Go in there and knock the shit out of people. And that hit was a go knock the shit out of people hit. He got his head. It happens in hockey. I don't want it to happen in hockey. It does. But I want someone making that hit because you know what? No one on the Flyers does look to make big hits. And you know what they do get beaten up all the time you're not wrong i think uh the thing that worries me the most is if you completely take out the fact that he got the head on that hit and he got the suspension he still got an interference call and the checkers still scored on that power play and i don't know how much do you worry about him as a penalty liability on a team with a bad penalty no, that's a good point, a good point. Let me, let, let's check that because mm-hmm. brad has been tracking penalty differential on Hi, his brad. site what a pal so let's see what his penalty differential was this year it, brad's site takes some time to load so let's continue i know uh, <laughs> i'll jump in when it's ready i know I, I he wasn't there with Limblom, and uh i think friedman had the best penalty differentials on the team so he wasn't one well, of I, I know that's one of the negatives about myers myers okay. has a bad penalty differential that he, you know he's and from what i've heard he takes a lot of like stupid after the whistle like Guy gets, you know, he gets a little cross check and he turns around and basically cross checks a guy in the face because he's angry. Yeah, I'm, and that stuff, like, again, it doesn't always get called in the NHL. And once you're a veteran in the NHL, you just won't be called for it. Like, it's just. It's, You've got to make it that game. far. If you're good enough, you will. I yeah. don't think that he like, is. <laughs> I think, I, I, I just think that he's another stopgap whatever guy until there's some actual talent. I mean, he was a second-round pick. He was a second-round pick who had a very disappointing first AHL season, and then by all accounts was one of the best five-on-five players in the league for uh, for this season. So Yeah, like, like this isn't a, this isn't a Martell. This isn't an undrafted free agent. This is a guy who does come with pedigree. I will freely admit that before this year, I was a big-time Albie Kubel skeptic, and part of the reason why was because every time I watched him play, particularly in drills and at dev camps and whatnot. Like he just never stood out as anything special. And then he had the really bad first year in the AHL. I'm like, yeah, I guess he's just not that good. He also, in it, at the end of his, his Q career, he stagnated. I hate when players stagnate from a scoring standpoint. Like I want them to, to keep trending upwards. And he kind of, he kind of didn't get any better. He got to like this 80 point plateau and just kept repeating it. That scares me. And then when he had the first AHL year, I was like, eh, not that good. But this year, the numbers are much better. So got this right here. So, to your point, Maddie, 27 penalties taken. That's tied for the team lead with Myers. However, <laughs> however, he drew 24, which is second on the team to only Martell. So, it just he's like a like a high event penalty guy, draws a lot and <laughs> takes a lot. <laughs> That's fine. That sounds oh, like Travis Connecting to me. Like Travis oh. Connecting, if he played in the AHL, would be in the box or drawing penalties nonstop because it's a different mm. league. 
Maddie, Alex Lyon. Maddie didn't agree with that, by the way. <laughs> that was a maybe. <laughs> Maddie, Alex Lyon. He's played four games, three and one, nine thirty-seven save percentage, two thirty-five goals against. How has he looked? Because amazing and handsome. Sorry. Well, <laughs> playing pretty well too. Um, <laughs> full disclosure: I only saw him in the one home game. Okay. So yeah, because he was he didn't come back down until after the Flyers were done. Uh, do we think maybe Alex Lyon is a dark horse for backup? Because no, I just do not think Michael Neuvert is going to be back. I don't see it as a possibility. Here's I hoping. I thought that he had played his last game with the Flyers after his last injury when he lasted 16 minutes or 26 minutes or whatever the hell it was. But they had to bring him back because they ran out of goalies, and then he ended up starting a playoff game or two again, and... Now he's going to stay in North America, he's going to train here, and he's going to totally change his routine, but I don't see what that has, like, it's not, you're just hurt all the time. He's also switched, this is his third trainer in three years, so this is like a yearly thing of him changing everything up because he wants to stay healthy. There's no yeah. guarantee that this is this is the secret sauce. It's Any finally going to make now. him so Any do day we now. think, especially considering Stolarz's, uh, you know, well, yeah, his yeah. ability to stay healthy as well. Do we think Alex Lyon could potentially be the backup next season? Yeah, I think that it's definitely possible. I, I wouldn't say plausible, but I think that it's possible at this point. You know, he's he's proven at the NHL level that he can at least hang for ten games or so. Um, you're going to need to ask a little bit more out of him if he wants if he's going to be a backup to Brian Elliott. Exactly. You're going to need to ask a lot more of him than just that, but. I think that the, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight in training camp this season. I think that he's he's in it to, to to win the spot, and I think that he's got a shot. I think what's been most encouraging for me is seeing, you know, we'll see him for a couple games. He'll go back down. He'll come back up, but he seems to get just a little bit better every time we see him next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we didn't see that out of Stolars. Not really. Um, every time that he was with the Flyers and he did okay, I mean, he did well with the Flyers, but then he went back to the Phantoms and just did not yeah. do well. Yeah, you're right. And there were some people theorize, oh, well, you know, maybe he didn't take it as seriously because he realized he could compete at the NH level, or maybe he's just not that great of a goalie. Um, yeah, you made a good point, Steph, about the whole, you know. The Caps a, won. Well, hold just, on. Hold on. Oh, God damn it. Do they win? Hello. I don't I don't know. This is what people are telling me in the feed. Yes. No, they did. They won. They won. Wow. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. We're not capsing. The Penguins will not win a third cup. Oh my it's a God. beautiful thing. This is the best day of my life. Sorry. I hate that we have to have like osmosis happiness. Like <laughs> I don't care. I don't care which one of those teams won. Neither of them make me happy. Yeah, but it's much worse if the Penguins win. I revel in the suffering of man. It, it, it is because I don't think the Caps are going to go any further. But that's the thing is I, I, think I, like, I like that the Caps have never won so we can keep little brothering them. It's the only team we get to be like, yeah, 1975 compared to never. I don't think, <laughs> like, I, I don't think the, the Caps penguins, are... The Penguins have won. They can't hurt me any more than they already oh, have. Oh, they can. They can. I, Three I, in a row, two in a row, no, nine I, in a row. I, I don't care. I don't want point. them to be remembered as a dynasty. Screw them. Ah, they and, and, and I No, they're not. They're not. They won two Cups in a row big deal other teams have done that too not since 1997 oh god yeah but you have you have the blackhawks won a bunch you had the kings won a bunch i don't think they're they're any higher than those two while crosby's been healthy they've won three and been to four that's that's like the most arbitrary way to look at it you're now you're stretching this across like a decade yeah but crosby's career he got hurt in the middle 
Yeah. He lost one, won one, got hurt. But you can't one, just two. you can't just throw out the years where he was hurt and be like, oh, they don't matter. Cross your certain. Nope. Well, still, they had the still best. the Penguins. They still didn't win cups. While those they years. had deal with it. While they had the best player in the world, they won three cups. And Crosby was in a lot of those seasons. He missed like what? He had like two seasons that like got ruined by injuries. Years, there was like a three year stretch where he just wasn't healthy. No, I think there was there was two seasons that got ruined by injury, and then the third season he was out most of the year, came back, and then the Flyers beat him in the first round. Yeah, so he, he was, was no, he was healthy. no. He was freaking healthy. That's bullshit. No, he oh, he was. He was. Not. He absolutely was. I don't, even, I don't even know what you two are talking about I anymore. Can we get back to Anthony Stolarz? Wow. So the Flyers. So Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Stolarz. We can do this. Though. We can do this at the drunk show. I don't know what you guys are talking about anymore. Alex Lyon <laughs> is handsome. I think that's where we were. Samuel Moran actually got into <laughs> game two. Uh, he replaced uh, he replaced Sanheim. Now that Sanheim's dead, so of course we bring another defenseman back to life. How did Samuel Moran do anything? Does he look mobile at least? Yes. Um, he had a bad start. He got burned on a two-on-one on that first power play. That's fine. Um, so that was a goal. But for the rest of the game, he was he was fine. Do we expect to see Moran like get time to start next season? Well, he's going to make the team. Kinda up. That's not, yeah. that's not it, what right? I'm asking. I believe well, he's going to yeah. make the team. Do we expect <laughs> him to get time? I don't know. Oh, Dave Haxtell. <laughs> um, I think yes. I think yes because Manning is gone. Um, I think yes. For now. I, I, I think that we will see Samuel Moran um please don't for now me with brandon manning <laughs> please don't for my they're gonna, health they're gonna please trade don't for him in january that. when there's a couple defensive injuries it's like we just need a stabilizing force and then they trade like a third round well, pick cons- for brandon considering manning. the fact that what it was still december before people like actually believe that chris vandeveld wasn't going to walk through the doors <laughs> like every like every other week was they're just going to sign vandeveld we didn't actually get rid of him he's still unsigned guys was it ottawa? i think ottawa signed him to a pro tryout and then cut him and I was like, no, <laughs> no, I needed him to make that team. That's where he belonged too, and the only team in the league I hate. Uh, so, yeah, I re- like, I've just been dying to see Moran for so long just to find out. So- and now it seems like we're he's got to get the chance. I'm just not confident he's going to play. I think he will. I think he will. Uh- I, I think he will, period. Uh, there's obviously a lot of factors that go into it, but the fact that um, Haig and Sandheim aren't rookies anymore, that means there's not any rookies on defense unless it's Samuel Moran. And maybe Haxel will be a little bit more comfortable. So I don't trust the coaching staff to not view those two as rookies. No, but they also now view Provorov and Ghost as veterans. So That's maybe that re- that means we can get rid veterans. of get rid of the other shitty veterans. Um, I think there's a good chance they they still view Sanheim as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Hague, yeah, Hague, I believe legit. they will view as like a semi yeah. vet, but I think they'll still view Sanheim as a rookie. Right I, now, that's that's solid. Um, I just have a, a little aside about Samuel Moran. Um, I was looking for photos for a, for a column for it was a recap for his first game that he played in forever in Lehigh Valley. Just did a quick search in Getty, and it came up all of these like glamour shots of Samuel Moran, where yeah, they yeah. did it in like the rookie symposium or whatever it's called. But it's just he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts and flip flops, and it's it's very glamour shots and headshots for a movie star. And it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 
that's the end of my story. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I had one more thing sort of about him. Okay. Um, I think it was you mentioned it last week. Um, being excited about Moran as the anti gudis to sort of <laughs> shut down and actually defend the front of the net. Yes. Myers and Sandheim, both very good at that. From no, that's, what we've I, seen. I think we're very excited about Sandheim and Myers' uh, offensive potential that we overlook the fact that they're good defensemen. Like, yeah. you don't get to where they, you know, the, the offensive game is always, you know, what you're looking for. So it's, oh, look at these highlights. But you have to be at least somewhat capable in your own end. I always say defense is illegal anyway, and the most important thing is the breakout. But this team has struggled for so long now to do basic things in the defensive zone. Like, hey, there's a guy in front of the net. Maybe cover him. Yeah, and, and Sandheim's had issues with that. I, I don't... I, I think Sandheim's going to get better. I don't know if Sandheim is yeah. ever going to be mm-hmm. great in his own zone without the puck. I think he's going to be very good with it when he when he reaches his 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 ceiling, hopefully, which happens. Uh, Myers, I've always said that I he to me strikes me as someone who's just more naturally comfortable in his mm-hmm. own zone. Where, where he makes some mistakes is he's super aggressive, particularly in terms of jumping passes and attacking players in the neutral zone. And sometimes he gets burnt because of that. You know, it'll lead to odd man rushes because he attempted to deflect a pass and just missed. The thing is, though, he deflects a lot of them. Yeah. And he does break up a lot of them, and then that sends the Flyers back the other way. But, like, he's going to piss some people off because he's going to take some risks, and sometimes it's not going to pan out. But in his own zone, I, I always... I always looked at him as more naturally comfortable in terms of like where he's supposed to be in coverage than than Sanheim, who sometimes does have that like chicken without his without his head, you know, that mentality. Charlie, now I am so much looking forward to next season. The first time Myers gets a call up and he has like seven pass deflections and an assist, but he's minus two and gets burned once, and we bench him the next game. Yes. <laughs> wait for it. It's gonna happen. I am looking so much forward to it. No, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> me? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought I'm, you looked I'm, at me. No, um, I'm sorry. I'm looking for the bracket to see who's winning our bracket, our Broad Street Hockey Bracket Challenge after the Penguins have been eliminated. <laughs> it is most certainly not me. So we're, we have Same. Caps Tampa? Yeah, Caps Tampa. Caps Tampa. That's, That's gonna fun. Be fun. That is going yeah. to be a lot of fun. It's fun and different. Go Bolts, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. No, the, the point yeah, I was going to make to you, Bill, was that the reason why I had no issues room for the Capitals in this series is because if the Penguins won, I thought the Penguins could win a cup. I don't think the Capitals can beat the Lightning okay. and or one of Nashville, Winnipeg, Vegas. Like, I think every single team left in the playoffs is better than the Capitals. All right. Whereas the Penguins, I think because they, you know, because God hates us and, you know, the Penguins just win <laughs> in stupid ways, I didn't trust that they weren't just going to roll through everyone. Vegas the gods are with us tonight. But they lost. And Vegas, they're with us. Vegas is winning anything. This whole thing is fixed. Vegas is winning it all, which is what I have as my winner in our our bracket challenge. Oh, God. I've lost my... Okay. Oh, no. No. B- Bill doesn't have the outline. No, I lost <laughs> my... Chaos. I lost my player report card, and I was like, where did it go? Uh, so where I want to do player grades, because it's something we got to. Let's uh, do We it. haven't published it yet. Uh, it's going to be something up on the site. I assume, this week. Yeah, it's going to be up on the site listen, this week. I had a stroke, and I can't see my computer screen. <laughs> so Excuses! I'm doing my best. If you look at my computer screen right now, it's zoomed in 150%, and that's just... To like get by, I'm doing my best. Player grades will be out this week. All right, so I just want to uh, just a couple of highlights. Maybe give maybe give me who got your A's, 
or something like that, or who got your Fs if you assigned any, any oh, failing grades. Buddy. Just give me your outliers and tell me your reasoning for a few. So, and so just before we get started, I'd like to note I didn't do this. Yeah, Charlie didn't so, do it. Yeah, we Charlie, Charlie not can't abroad, do it. Charlie can, Charlie can react and tell us why, why we're wrong. We had to fire <laughs> Charlie last year, so he wasn't allowed to do them. All right, so <laughs> let's see. I, I gave out mine. a handful of Fs. Handful. A handful. So let's start with the goalies. Peter Morazek got an F. Yeah, from I gave me. him an F for making me look stupid, and I, I wrote in, I wrote in the right. <laughs> oh my god, I loved your write up. No, write, don't, don't. Okay, no, no, no go ahead. No, go no. ahead. No, I said I'll ahead. hold this against you for the rest of your career because you made me look so stupid. <laughs> That's amazing. So Morazek and Neuvert, I gave Fs both to. You gave who? You did you give a Z to? Um... <laughs> Oh, do you? I gave Oduya a Z. That's actually fair. I said, that was a hell of a 12 minutes, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> illustrious Flyers career. I gave Will O'Neill an A+, plus because why the hell not? Well, yeah. He played in a winning game. Yeah, I don't remember him even playing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so we're actually, we're, we're only counting from uh, 10 games played plus. So those, oh, so those guys aren't even going to get, get, they're not get even, their day in the sun? They're not. Oh, it's okay, I graded them, too. I, I, I mean, I graded them, but... Um, all right, so my other my other Fs were Racco Gudis, where like I I disliked Gudis all season, mm-hmm. but then he killed Sean Couturier. He did that. He killed Sean Couturier and may or may not have been directly responsible for them losing Game Six. So he got an F. Um, he also may have helped Sean Couturier. <laughs> You're really gonna die on this hill, aren't you? Listen, he had four goals on a tour in MCL. Listen. I'm not here for this. Um, so also another F, Brandon Manning, self-explanatory. I gave Brandon Manning an A plus because I'm hoping some GM reads this and gives him two million. <laughs> you really want to win this bet? I really need that twenty bucks. I really need that twenty bucks. <laughs> um, all right, my other Fs were Yuri Laterra and Dale Weiss. I gave Yuri a D plus because I feel like he got he was he was less noticeably bad at different points. Dale just did nothing all year because Dale does nothing. He doesn't affect games. I've never seen a player affect games less. I just he don't, does yeah. nothing. I just don't know what happened to that guy because it, he wasn't he wasn't ba- bad in he, Montreal. Yeah, he no, wasn't bad. There. They all love him. Yeah, he's like he's like a good Vandevelde. They're like what we thought, what the coach thought Vandevelde was. Like, oh man. Ten minutes a game. This guy's a great grinder. Like they just love him, and he's rugged, uh, like as Doc calls him in every national. Oh, the rugged Dale Weiss. Like he's thrown like four <laughs> hits in two years. Yeah, but I, they all think he's a great grinder. Like he yeah. just does nothing now. Yeah, it just it just clearly hasn't worked here for whatever reason. Like whether whether he's actually fallen off the cliff, whether it's a system fit. Like I don't know what it is, but it's it's obvious to everyone who's watched the Flyers if he's just not effective in a Flyers uniform. No. My only Fs were Yorold and uh, Brandon Manning. I actually, I don't know. I, I'm now second guessing giving Yori Laterra an F. Like m- I stand by it. Maybe a D because he did okay at the end. He did some things okay. I, like, I, he, my I, comment okay. that I, I gave him here. a C and I don't remember why. <laughs> I feel like hey, with Laterra, like the bigger issue was not Yuri Laterra. The bigger issue was Dave Haxel using Yuri. Mm, yeah, Laterra I think that as was much it. As he did. Yeah, that's that's the problem with most of these players. <laughs> I think. No, when when the G when they acquire Yuri Laterra in the Shen trade, and the GM says who, <laughs> and the GM says, well, you know, there's a salary cap, and we had to make the numbers work. We're happy with the two first round picks. You go, okay, so this guy isn't really a factor. 
And then halfway through the year, coach goes, yeah, line up staple. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of on the coach who I'm sure if we're grading him would get one of the lower oh, grades. We did not grade him, but I'd be happy to do that. In the I, off gave Voracek, I gave Voracek a B plus because while he had an incredible scoring year for him, um, he is just so wildly frustrating. To so watch. I gave him an A minus. I gave him an A minus as well. So here's the thing. Jake Voracek had a career year. Yeah. 85 mm-hmm. points, fam. That like, ain't bad. The, yeah. the year that earned him the contract that everybody hates, this one was better than that one. Mm-hmm. And everyone I, I, I still... Don't think that's <laughs> well, like everyone still hates Jake Voracek, and I just don't understand. I like, don't hate him. I think he's replaceable. He's not, over a point per game. Not Who, yeah. What are you replacing him with? Another Claude Giroux? Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> over a point per game away from Giroux and Katori. Yeah, but I think that's a, that's a key part of this that needs to be taken into account is the fact that, like, yeah. But it evens out. Yeah, like, well, hey. No, 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 no. I'm not even going there. I'm saying this. Like, you got to remember that Voracek, okay, Voracek, yeah, he's on that top line to start the year through the end of November. The rest of the year, he was basically tasked with propping up another line. Yeah. He was spent, what, two and a half months with Philpola, which was like, Jesus Christ, you know, Godspeed, good sir. And then <laughs> he was with Patrick. And, like, granted, Patrick played well at the end of the year, but he's still a 19-year-old rookie. Like, Jake Voracek's job was essentially like, hey, we're going to— He was the babysitter. It was like, hey, we're <laughs> going we're gonna to keep Drew and Couturier together because we love that duo. Jake, you basically got to make this second line good. Oh, I think Jake played an important role this year, and— if I'm going to move, it's just a lot of people want to shake up the core, and he's part of the core, and he's a very, yeah. very good player without a no-trade clause, which is huge, and it's like 20 goals, that's not a big number. I get he has a huge number of assists, led the league for a lot of the year in assists. Um, I don't know. It's just something about his style of play is very frustrating. Yeah, but this shake up the core thing is stupid. And like, he might have been the mo- it sure is. If he- we were going to shake up the core, it needed to be done at the start of the rebuild, not at the end of the rebuild. Doing it now makes no sense because the only thing that you're really going to get back for Jake Voracek is futures. And we have no use for those now. Futures in what, though? If it's futures as in a 20-year-old who's NHL ready? That's huge. I mean, but we don't know. But if you don't know what that's going to be, then you're still minus 85 points plus a maybe. If 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 Jake Voracek brings back any one of John Tavares, Eric Carlson, William Nylander, um, uh, who's the guy that I love in Calgary? Sean Monahan. Monahan. Why did like not not that I don't like Monahan. He's a good player, but like, where did this obsession come from? He looks like a brunette Link. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good enough. Good enough reason, is any. But like, he's also a good player, and he looks like a brunette Link. No, I would want to move Voracek under the circumstances of you're maybe bringing in a good forward and. You trade him for a defenseman. That's my thought process. Wait, is, wait, wait. Back up. But why would another team? You're, you're signing, say, I'm not going to say Tavares, but say you sign Tavares and then trade for a defenseman. That's how you get your defenseman. I mean, sure, that would be awesome, but it's not going to happen. No, that is <laughs> I'm just if you're going to improve the team and you have to move something, he's the guy I think you can most afford to lose. I mean, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. No one really on this roster, maybe with the exception of Proveroff, like 
is anyone really untouchable? No, everybody's tradable under the right circumstances. It just seems like you're blinded by the fact that Voracek annoys you, and now it's like, well, I'm not uh, well, saying well, get rid out, of out of all the guys who were tradable, he's the most tradable no, no, because no. I wouldn't mind losing him. The the most, I mean, the most tradable and. The most tradable, the most valuable, and what's going to get the most return is Wayne Simmons. It's not Jake Voracek. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I mean, the the injuries have, have hurt that, but yeah. more people are going to want Wayne Simmons on that contract, even if it's just for a year, than Jake Voracek. I think it depends on your team's situation. If you have cap well, space. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your team's situation for any situation at any point in time, no matter what we're talking so about. So making sweeping statements like Wayne Simmons is more valuable, period. I'm going as, to as a trade piece. Yeah. I think there are more teams that would be interested in I think there are more teams to be interested in Wayne Simmons than would be interested in Jake Voracek. But I believe that Voracek Voracek's value is higher than Simmons. It's just the market won't be as large because not everybody can no, fit a million dollar year. Yes, obviously, that is the case. I'm just saying, and Wayne Simmons isn't. I don't pinch. I don't think of him as part of the core anymore. Well, he's not anymore. We had we had a conversation about that today, where I asked people what they thought the core was because I wasn't sure whether to include Nolan Patrick as part of the core. I personally would, but I think he has to be. I, I, the second overall pick isn't going anywhere. As the two, they're C, never moving him. I, I, I mean, I over my fucking dead body would they move him? <laughs> I just don't know what his ceiling is yet. Right. I, I, I think it's interesting what the what Konechny in particular was talking about in exit interviews, where he um he kind of like stumbled his way into this, but it makes a lot of sense in that I think the Flyers view themselves as kind of having two cores right now. Like, they have mm. the older core and they have the younger core. And the older core are all really good friends because they grew up in the lead together and they're all buddy-buddy. And the younger core are all buddy-buddy because they're growing up in the lead together. And, you know, like, <laughs> the, do we combine the two cores? I don't know. I, I don't know what the timeline is going to be like. Like, I don't know if if the if the, the older core is still going to be good enough to be considered the core when the younger core is ready to step in and be the leadership group. Like, I don't know. But that's it, legit. It, it's, it, I, that's why the, the core question is interesting interesting because like Patrick is obviously part of the younger core is he part of the core core like I don't know what he is he had a you know he had a very good second half but I don't know what he is yet as a player I'm hoping he could be like a 70 point a year guy but I don't know that we didn't know what Sean Couturier was when they signed him to a contract extension we still don't know what Shane Goss is ceiling wise we don't know how good (laughs) we were about to throw down I know he's a very good player I love Shane Goss he's my favorite player on the team I'm just saying I don't know if he if he improves at the rate he did last year to this year, then he's a number one defenseman. If what we saw this year might have been a little better than he is in his own zone, but the playoffs kind of exposed him a little, but they exposed everybody. I just don't know how good Ghost is, but everyone will name him as part of the core. I, I think Ghost yeah. is already good enough to be considered part of the core. Now, if he, now, if he gets better, like, I don't... That's an interesting question. Like, what is the next step for Shane Gossiper? Shane Gossiper this year played, like, a number one defenseman who scored over 60 points, was one of the highest scoring defensemen in hockey. Like, what is the next step for him? Is the next step for him to be a point-per-game defenseman? Like, do it again. Re- like, no. re- like, reaching Carlson level? Yeah, like, that's... Is but, he going to be... Again. But I, I don't think he even needs to get to that yeah. point to be considered part of the core. Yeah. If he gets to that point, then he's a goddamn superstar. I yeah. think the next step for Shane Gossespierre is to not get into his own head like he did in the playoffs. That's fair. Mm, that that bit of maturity, I think, is the next step for him. I think that's an issue with, and that's one of the reasons I think maybe 
a core shakeup isn't the worst thing in the world because we have a number of guys, veterans on this team, who that happens to. We've talked about Giroux. We've talked about Gostaspare. I don't think there was a player on this team more invisible in the playoffs than Jake Voracek. Can I, blame- I think he was the guy who disappeared the w- and Drew had a bad playoff and Ghost wasn't very good and you know Oscar Lindblom ended up getting benched and I can't even say it wasn't for cause even though it hurt me personally like Jake Voracek went into witness protection <laughs> in these playoffs I don't disagree and he's never been good in the playoffs for the Flyers are there is except there for the one year can I can I blame all of this on Dave Haxtell Yes. Okay. Yes. I just wanted to check and see if I could blame Dave Haxtell for players getting into their own heads. Oh, God. I have a tangent that might help you out with that. Oh. Something I've been thinking about with regards to what you said about Ghost getting in his own head, and you see a lot of that, I think, across the board, across the lineup, is that how much of that is a player's thing that they have to get past and how much of that is the coach not being able to kind of shake them and be like, guys, it's going to be okay. Let's just take a moment to breathe and regroup. I'm sure it's a balance, but what exactly is that breakdown? Because part of me thinks that if if a player is so worried about his ice time being like dramatically cut because of small mistakes – that each one of those small mistakes, they just get further and further and further into their own head mm-hmm. because they're so worried about the consequence. That could be a thing. I'll, I can I can get it there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I want to blame the coach for everything because I really hope like every player on this team is better than they showed in the playoffs. Yeah. So like I really really hope that it's the coach. Yeah. I mean I don't disagree with you when you say that that Voracek was very disappointing in the playoffs he was probably my most disappointing player out of anybody on the team but I mean I go back to what I've said in past shows like it was a bad six games it sucks it's annoying it's not forgiving him for having a bad six games but I'm going to put more stock in the performance he showed over the 82 game regular season than the poor six games he played in the yeah I get oh, it for sure I just of everybody he seems like the guy you could upgrade the team with and replace his production on aggregate like okay no you don't replace those 85 points but if you got a you know a number two defenseman that would probably make the team better but we have one um there's one other player that i want to talk about before we move on and it's because the his grades were most dramatic from the top to the bottom it it was just the entire range of grades from everyone across broad street hockey and that is um and I forgot his name. Jordan Wheel. Ah. <laughs> Jay Weezy. Jordan Spicy. Wheel had had the entire range of grades for this season. Someone gave him an F? Um, except for an F. <laughs> I mean, I um, actually gave wait. him a D. That's I don't think even No, someone gave him an F. Oh, God bless. Um, I gave him a C. B minus. B minus. I gave yeah. him a B, just a solid B. Because this is what I need. This is the season that I expected from Jordan Wheel. And I and I know that I was probably more pessimistic than anybody else here going into this season about Jordan Wheel. But looking back, it was realistic. Yeah. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting him to continue the outstanding play that he had at the end of last season. I said I needed to see 20 points from him. That's what he got. Like, that's exactly what I wanted out of Jordan Wheel. I wanted to see him play every single game, and I was pissed off when Haxtell decided that that wasn't something that he needed. That's I think my disappointment in his season is that I wanted to see him in a role. 
in some yeah. sort of every night role. Yeah. Even if it was really just him, Lawton, and Raffle on the fourth line. That would have been fine with me. And if he put up 15, 20 points in that role, I would have been elated. I just needed to see more Jordan Wheel. Because like I said all offseason, I have no idea what this guy is. It's really something you need to find out. Like That was the number one reason I thought they had to bring him back because I just didn't want him to be the next guy who succeeds elsewhere. Yeah, no, That I was def- my biggest I, issue. I always wanted him back. It just was never the team was going to make or break or live or die on Jordan Wheel. Like, this, is, this is what I needed to see from him. A, a consistently scoring, I mean, <laughs> consistently scoring when your coach plays you. 20-point bottom six guy. I think that was perfect for him. I think... Um- I'm interested in seeing what he can do this season when he's not spending it stapled to first half of the season, Nolan Patrick and a oh, yeah. super banged up Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Um, That's because they love that Simmons. Uh, they loved that Simmons wheel duo. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh yeah, we'll just throw him with Nolan Patrick and this will work. And it was, oh yeah, well, uh, Wayne Simmons came into the year with a torn pelvis, which sounds like a thing. Uh, and you know, Nolan Patrick came into the year recovering from core muscle surgery. He says, okay, Jordan, here you go. Here's your big break. Here's your chance. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> there have been some some theories that, like, if there's someone on the forward core that's going to get traded in this offseason, they could see it being Jordan Wheel. And, and that wouldn't, it would not break bl- my heart. It would not blow me away if, because there were other teams that were interested in signing yeah. him. And if the Flyers, let's say the Flyers sign some people, you know, the Flyers have talked about, you know, Hexall talked about, hey, we're going to sign a good penalty kill forward. We got, we're going to go after a 3C. Like, once those spots start filling up, if they actually go out and make those moves, like, I would be totally fine to use Jordan Wheel as a fourth-line right wing or a fourth-line left wing. I don't know if the Flyers want to do that. The Flyers may just view him as like, well, he's a scorer. So if he can't be a scorer, he's going to be a 13th forward. And if he's going to be a 13th forward, we got to trade him. I can't, like, this idea, we talk about it all the time, but it just drives me so nuts. It's like, yeah, scoring's bad. (laughs) (laughs) He's a scorer. He can't play on the fourth line. Why the fuck? Well, I, why I, is that bad? See, I thought that they were getting over that with Scott Lawton. Like, I thought they were getting over nope. that. Nope. Come to find out. No, no, they did not. So is Scott a winger now? Yeah, Are they yeah. done with him at center? I, I think they so. They reprogrammed his stupid. We need Ural the turtle at center. What's going on here? The team must have Yuri at center. If we need a 3C, thing. how's about a little Scott Lawton? I don't think they're going to do that. I know they're not, but why though? Because I we need someone. Anisha, we need you. someone better. Like really, he's he'd be fine, but I need better than fine. Yeah, I really like him at four C with the assumption we upgrade three C. Yeah, whether exactly. that mm-hmm. whether that upgrade is good and it be, is is a two C, and then Nolan Patrick's our three C, or we get a real three C who can just fill that role and be good at it. Like cool, we just I, like Scott Lawton is. I just don't think good enough. And then who's your four C? Like, uh, okay, we Misha. have him, we have him and Yorold both yes, centering lines. This isn't good. Yeah, I could see Lawton being a three C at some point. I don't on a good team. Well, one, well, I mean, he he's he could get better. He's still I pretty young. Yeah. He could uh, take he, another he turn. Is, to he four. is still really he's twenty four, or he's going to turn twenty four. Yeah, I think soon. he's twenty three now. Okay, so I mean, he could get better and 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 get another role. To me, the biggest issue with with Lawton is that I don't think. And for whatever reason, I don't think Haxtell trusts him. Yeah. So therefore, <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be used as the three. The guys he trusts and doesn't is incredible. It's it's a little. Interesting. It's really 
incredible. Like, oh yeah, I I I, I trust Vandevelde with my life. <laughs> like what? <laughs> He's well. You know what? I probably would trust Vandevelde with my life. He might be a little bit more responsible than I am. <laughs> hey oh. Hey. All right, so we don't have a ton of time left. I just want to get this plug in right before we finish up next week. If you couldn't tell, we're kind of scrambling for shit to talk about on this show. No, so next not. week. You're going to tell us what to talk about. It's a mailbag show. Hey! Email us, broadstreethockeyradio at gmail.com. Send us your questions, whatever. We're going to do a mailbag show, all your stuff. Hit us up. All right, Steph, what do we have next? Um, well, I was going to yeah, do this thing with real the quick port. talk about um, Jeremy Roenick and Dan Carcillo. have been going back and forth on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Roenick being a general... Piece, piece of, of shit. shit. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but then just, yeah. you know, let's just dive in. Um, and Dan Carcillo is really going out there and being an advocate for concussions and brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries, and saying that the NHL needs to do better than what they're doing right now. We talked about it pretty extensively this week on iSport Radio, uh, which is one of our Patreon shows. If you are not a subscriber, please consider doing that because we are going to continue churning out content through the summer. Uh, but we talked a lot about brain injuries and what Dan Carcillo is doing on Ice Sport Radio just for Jeremy Roenick to come back and then apparently laugh about it on TV saying that yeah, some people Carcillo are, is like drinking or something. Some people are disputing whether or not what Jeremy Roenick said was related to the Dan Carcillo comments, or if it was like a segue into a different conversation. I find it laughable that so he Ronick, may not have been. I find it laugh- laughable that Ronick is attributing someone else's comments to drinking when right? he used to get hammered at golf outings every summer and just talk yeah. shit on the fans in Philly. I mean, like, he that's was what he used to do. Yeah. He's like, I had 13 oh, concussions. I'm em. fine. It's like, bro, we can tell. I've had, had 13. 13. I think I know what I'm talking about. You have no idea and what you're talking Car- about at any point. And Carcillo, like Carcillo's comeback was, okay, you've had 13 concussions. Tell us what the NHL did. Tell us how they were diagnosed. Yep. Tell us how your trainers treated you. All this stuff that I'm calling, and it is a little, not hypocritical, but I can see how someone from the outside can just look at Dan Carcillo and go, really, bro? Well, yeah, but he's, here's he's the addressing thing. all I of that. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, if you're someone like Ronick, who's clearly not paying attention to all that, it's like, you elbowed me in the head three times. I mean, like, you can look at it that way, or you, you can look at it as if this guy, yeah. who made an entire career out of smashing people in the face, is looking at it in a different way, maybe all of us should look at it in a different way. I, I don't just think wished... I just wish that Carcillo had learned that um, punching people in the face is bad, maybe like when the Flyers had a 3 nothing lead. I wish he had learned it then instead of now. All right. But I'm glad, you know... I'm glad he's doing this. They need an advocate. Someone needs to say, hey, this shit's bad, and the players need to have more respect for each other because I think that's the biggest issue. The league can only do so much. It is a wildly fast game where things just, no matter what you do, are going to come down to, hey, you know, maybe don't raise yourself up into someone's chin because that's going to cause a concussion every time. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said here, and I don't think that we have the time. We don't. Um, but if you tune into Ice Sport Radio, but if you tune next into week, Ice Sport I can Radio, guarantee you will be talking about it. We're going to keep talking about it. It's really, really important. Brains are not something to be fucked yeah. with, as we all know. 
and me firsthand. Brains are really fucking crazy. Uh, don't fuck with them. But check out the back and forth on Twitter between Ronick and uh, Carcillo. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah, if you're not following Dan Carcillo now, you should you should start because he's really going hard right now and it's interesting the stuff that he writes is very it's interesting to see from somebody who does have firsthand knowledge yeah. and and is coming back and saying you know what i took some time to think about it and this is fucked up yeah and mm-hmm. honestly it prob there probably is a big difference between how ronick a you know superstar was treated when he was right. hurt be- and how carcillo a guy who had to scrap his way into the league to stay in the league was probably treated like ah, now you're fine kid get out i'm sure yep. there was a lot of differences and uh, i wish we could get into all of it but that is all the time we have for you on bsh radio this week thanks for hanging out remember next week email us your mailbag questions broadstreethockeyradio at gmail.com have a great week everybody trust the process sixers and seven Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.